Hey, everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. This is the show where we talk about what else? Cannabis, investing, startups, public, growth, distribution, D2C, all the good stuff, raising money. Uh, we got a great show today. It's the second one from MJ Unpacked. We have Kim of Azuka, which was the lead sponsor at MJ Unpacked. Everybody got a little bag with samples of their products. Uh, they are an ingredients business. They help with formulations. They help lots of big brands all over the country with their edibles and beverages. We talk onset time and Delta 9. We also talk about why they're better than Source and Vertosa, more natural, more cutting edge, all that good stuff. Uh, fascinating, fascinating discussion. And uh, MJ Pack Unpacked was a lot of fun, too. We both, uh, I think, had some good energy coming out of the show. So um, you're going to love it, guys. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Hey guys, if you listen to the show all the time and you get a lot out of it, you learn a bunch, do me a favor, write us a review. Spotify, do it on the podcast app, Apple, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us, SoundCloud. Do us a favor, write us a review. It helps the show a lot. Thanks. Kim, so nice to meet you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. So you're kind of a big deal. We're at MJ Unpacked here. You're like the lead sponsor. You're everywhere. This is a great event for us. We're really, uh, really excited to be here in New York, which is our home turf. Right. We were founded in New York City by uh, you know, famous New York chef Ron Silver. And it's kind of a coming home party for me because when COVID hit, um, you know, we had to kind of go completely virtual. I live in Albuquerque. Ron is in Manhattan. And so I really hadn't been back to New York for business since the first quarter of 2020. Okay. So and we came back like, you know, with a bang. Um, so we're sponsoring this, this conference um, because we are super excited about the solutions that we're bringing to our cannabis partners. Um, which is we've really revolutionized and created a new category in the industry around fast onset, predictable experiences, and even a Delta 9 sensorial effect in an edible product, mm -hmm. which is just groundbreaking, mm -hmm. right, in this industry. Mm -hmm. So, um, and what we do is we in empower our brand partners to license our formulations to make their products edibles, ingestibles, beverages, the very best they can be. Mm -hmm. So we have an Intel Inside model. So all of the brands up there on the floor are potential partners for us. So that's why we're super excited to be at this show. Um, MJ Impact, I think, has done an incredible job of curating um, brands and investors. And it's really a really creating, nice show. Were yeah. you at the one in Vegas? I was at the yeah. MJ Impact yeah. in Vegas. It was nice, too. I liked it. it super high quality yeah. for us. Uh, we very really, focused. Very, yeah. We met, we had great interactions, uh, really high quality, um, again, brands to interact with on the show floor, mm -hmm. sampling our little CBD versions of our product cool. um, and giving people the experience of like, these products can really taste great, mm -hmm. right? And have fast onset and be super easy to manufacture. Mm -hmm. So really solving all those problems uh, for our partners is very cool. So put yourself in the landscape of like Source, Vertosa, like where do you fit in that world? We're the best. 
Good. So that's a good start. Um, <clears throat> so it's interesting. This whole category of emulsions, uh, I call it a, a new category in this industry. Uh, I tell my team all the time, like, there's no playbook for this. Like, we are we are creating a new segment in a new industry in a new ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever done this before. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like, I would say um, we have some formulation optimizations that enable our partners to do things, do more things than um, some of the other competitors. Mm -hmm. um, so our formulations are, are very adaptable across all product categories. So we're not just in gummies, we're not just in syrups or beverages. We're very, very broad um, in terms of the, the form factor, right? You know, press tabs, gummies, cookies, candies, syrups um, are all in play for us. The other thing that is uh, really differentiated about our model for for partners, for brand partners, is that we have um, we actually empower them to do the emulsions themselves. So, for example, um, uh, other players in this segment process the THC or CBD distillate, and then they deliver yep. an infused emulsion. We don't do that we um, deliver a precursor that's not infused so we can supply and work with any size of brand, right, small or large, and we train them and empower them to do their own emulsion on site with essentially with no capital investment, Got no it. weird equipment, no sonicators or microfluidizers, like everything we do came out of the brain of a brilliant chef mm -hmm. who loves cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very capital efficient, mm -hmm. very simple. We can onboard and train a new team in two to three hours in their cannabis kitchen. So do you actually sell raw product as well, or it's all training people to do it at the source? So um, it's a licensing model. So we license our intellectual property, mm -hmm. all the SOPs and yeah. batch calculators. And yeah. then as part of that uh, license of the intellectual property, we sell a precursor, which is a non-infused ingredient. Um, and then we... we sell that as a pay-as-you-go model. So you just buy however much of it you need to process however many batches of gummies or whatever you're making, mm -hmm. um, and that goes into your manufacturing line. And what's in this precursor? So the precursor uh, is a proprietary blend of modified food starches and gums, mm -hmm. plant-derived, Okay. all plant-derived. And right. a lot of R&D, a lot of, you know, creativity in, in how you actually do that. And what kind of raw cannabis ingredient is best with it? Like, how does it fit together? So most people use distillate, mm -hmm. um, uh, but other extracts are, are absolutely in play. There are some live rosin gummies mm -hmm. on the market now that are doing really nicely yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. The Wana Spectrums, great product. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially any extract can be used with our process yeah. to get your fast onset. Too many people still using distillate. I live in California, so I do uh, all the yeah. live resin, rosins, yeah, yeah. whatever. One of the things I never quite understood is like, how does a live rosin or resin edible impact you versus vaping it? I think that's a question that really remains to be answered. I think it's a very individualized um, answer. I think it also depends on how that extract was processed. Was mm -hmm. it processed in a way that's friendly to the terpene profile? Mm -hmm. Do you actually have the terpene profile? Depend Regardless of what you put in when you're starting to, you know, make your gummy or whatever, mm -hmm. right, as your extract, you may very well damage your terpene profile in the process. So are you testing the end gummy for the exact terpene profile? Mm -hmm. um, so it really depends on the quality of the manufacturing, uh, you know, heat and pH and mm -hmm. all the other things that will, like, 
That's a good answer. Blow your terpene That's profile. Like, <laughs> like a lot of things in cannabis, we just don't know yet. It's a brand new thing. Right. Yeah. I, I will say the the live rosin gummies that I've tried um, were uh, really interesting. Mm. Definitely, you know, I experienced a different effect. Oh, yeah. Um, they need to do something with the dosage because 10 milligrams is not the same with a live rosin product or resin product as as the distillate. It's just different. Yeah, I, I can attest to that, yeah. having accident. I'm a low dose person, like a two and a half, five milligram okay. person. So yeah. like I'm that target audience. And I, I accidentally had a 10 milligram live rosin gummy. And I'm like calling my friends <laughs> at the brand saying, what did I, you know, you know, classic story. And I should know better, right? Wonderful I'm accident. like CEO, CEO of the company. Accident. And I accidentally <laughs> took twice my dose. So all this is not cheap building a company, sponsoring events. Tell me about your fundraising story a little bit. So uh, I'm a recovering venture capitalist. I've done a lot of fundraising in my past in the I'm tech world. I'm so sorry world. to hear I that, know. myself oh. included. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of nice on the other side, though, isn't it? I love it. I love it. I'll, I will never go back. Um, I love running this company. It's what kind of VC were you doing? Done. Technology tech. stuff? Or? Yeah, early stage tech, sort yeah. of classic, uh, almost all B2B, SaaS, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, some advanced materials, all in the physical sciences. Got it. Uh, fun stuff, but CAC you know. versus LTV. You got it. Every day, all day. Crazy stuff. You can't handle it anymore. But yeah, go ahead. You know, so. this is a lot more, a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. Hard. This is the hardest thing I've ever done, right? Because of the complexity of yeah, cannabis. There's no formula. No formula. Technology is a real formula. I mean, yeah. you know about formulas, but yeah. I mean, investing formulas. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of our fund, you know, we raised a seed round in 2018 mm -hmm. um, with some lovely kind of super angel investors who love cannabis, New York based. Um, and then we raised a small Series A. Um, that we topped off about a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, not planning to, to raise again. Mm -hmm. we're, we're very happy where we are. Um, we nice. have great investors, you. a lovely board, um, and uh, we hope to you know, keep uh, growing on our own. So tell me a little bit about the future. You talked about fast acting. What's in the hopper? What's in the R&D? So that is what our company is really all about, right? We are an innovation company, um, and I come from a tech background, so I use you know, tech analogies, but I think of it as, you know, we launched you know, the 386, then we launched the 486 chip. I also spent seven years at Intel, mm -hmm. so I think about you know, things like that. Um, you know, we've launched the Pentium. We're about to launch the Pentium 2 this mm -hmm. summer mm -hmm. um, and, and beyond, right? Uh, so what is in the hopper, so our original formulations for manufacturers were um, fast onset, infused ingredients, very easy to use in any recipe, at a 10 milligram of cannabinoid, THC, any cannabinoid you want to use per gram of carrier ingredients, say sugar, um, and then that goes into your gummy recipe. So you know that you're precisely dosed, very easy to, to work into any recipe. Our second generation was a higher dosing, which gives more flexibility in formulation. So 30 milligrams per gram of carrier ingredient. Mm -hmm. So that's in the market. We then uh, released um, a, a product specifically for chocolate, it's called Chocolate Activator, um, to enable fast onset chocolate, which is um, seamlessly added to any chocolate to tempering process. So you don't need different equipment or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So fast acting chocolate. Um, we are optimizing our solutions for beverages. Um, so we've got beverage enhancers and syrups in the market. We're going to be doing some more product announcements later this summer um, in this category. And then um, kind of our, 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 our big announcement for this year, which will probably come out in the third quarter, 
is a, uh, um, a process for fast onset, full terpene, full entourage effect edibles where you don't have to use extraction. Nice. Right. Well, that's amazing. It's directly from flower into a perfectly matched terpene profile in an edible form that's fast onset. How about offset time? So most uh, consumers experience a more predictable offset with our products as well. So some brands have put that on their packaging, you know, more of a two to four hour offset. For me, I think it's just so dependent on the individual and their, their tolerance, their dosage level. So I encourage people to experience the product and then, you know, know what their own onset and offset time is. Mm -hmm. But that's generally, it's generally a much more predictable experience, both in terms of onset and offset. There's an amazing opportunity there. Um, particularly in the beverage space, because Absolutely. people want to equate the experience of going to a bar and having a drink. They're very comfortable with how long that takes right. to hit them, how it feels, and then they can drive home right. two hours later, right? And we haven't quite gotten there yet, but that's going to be a big deal, especially in this city, right. where they're going to have the lounges and the brands and very cool activations and stuff. There's going to be a lot of people that get more fucked up than they expect, you know? <laughs> you know, we have a real focus on that predictable experience for consumers, and I think the beverage category and the social consumption um, structure, particularly in New York, I think is really interesting for products like ours, where you can have that titrated, small dose that's sessionable mm -hmm. over an evening. I would also say, you know, never drive, like, you know, under the influence of yeah. cannabis, like all this Clearly. stuff, like, you know, understand your dose. Um, and, but we've got some really cool stuff kind of in our strategy hopper around social consumption. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite uh, applications yeah. is we have a simple syrup that, that we've launched and that we will license. It's a THC infused cool. product. Um, and I take that and make a lovely little very low dose mojito, mm -hmm. like no alcohol in it. Mm -hmm. And it is the best beverage but you can do a you know a moscow mule like an alcohol free think yeah, of any yeah. any cocktail where you don't want alcohol mm -hmm. that uses you know a simple syrup or a neutral base yeah boom we've got it why a simple syrup versus like a powder uh well one thing is that uh, mixologists use simple syrup every day mm -hmm. right it is so it's in our dna in that social environment mm -hmm. Um, it enables almost endless creativity. It tastes great. The powders that I've seen out there, uh, the, like in that setting, like think of a beautiful future state where it's like a, a nice high-class wine bar experience, mm -hmm. but what you're, what you're consuming is a lovely sessionable cannabis mm -hmm. cocktail. Mm -hmm. So those mixologists, they know how to use simple syrup, mm -hmm. right? So it inspires, it's inspired so much creativity in the traditional alcohol you know, cocktail world, right? Just think of that. You can now take all of that creativity from a mixology perspective, and it is immediately transferable to cannabis mixology with no other training, right? Because you know exactly what you're putting into yep, your beverage. Understood. So that makes this, sense. It's great. It tastes, that makes sense. And it tastes great. Like it tastes great. Let's talk about beverages yeah. more generally. Obviously, as much as that category grows, the more it helps your business. Right. But try to be objective as possible. It's like 1% of the market today. Right believe in beverages do you like them uh i absolutely believe in beverages i think there's a lot of you know um, noise and margin pressure right now mm -hmm. but the way i think about it is um i think that our children's generation will not be kind of the alcohol consumers that we were mm -hmm. i think they are smarter than we were and recognize that ethanol is a poison mm -hmm. to the human body mm -hmm. um and will 
you know, it's hard to say how fast that will, this will happen, but I really think that um, cannabis beverages will evolve and, you know, alcohol is not going to go away, but really have a large segment of that social consumption or relax at home with a nice adult beverage in your hand that doesn't contain alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can see that vision so clearly in my brain. Um, I think it's coming. And I think a lot of it is because, you know, future generations are smarter than, you know, us boozy old people. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. You don't look that old. Come on. Yeah. You can't be that old. You're, you got more energy than me running around yeah. this place. But you also don't smoke weed all day, so that probably helps. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Let's talk about New Mexico a little yeah. bit. That's where you <laughs> live. They just went wreck, what, a April month 1st. ago? Yeah, April two 1st. months ago? Yes. What's it like on the ground there? Um, so New Mexico is really bustling. I think that our uh, our governor and her team did a great job. I like to tease people here in New York that New York and, and New Mexico passed adult use within about 48 hours of each other. So these are my two home, these are my two home bases, right, nice. for this company. Um, and, you know, our governor said we'll be on the shelf April 1st, and we were. Mm -hmm. uh, so her team did a really nice job of getting the regs out there, you know, training people in the industry. And uh, I, I think it's going uh, really well. Sales have been great. So, you know, we're generating tax revenue, which is important for the state. Which was the point. Which is yeah. the point. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have a, you know, emerging, nice, responsible, appropriately regulated adult use industry there, which is great. I mean, I, the last thing I want is, uh, you know, especially teenagers, like anybody, like, uh, buying black market, the material that you don't know what they're getting. Um, and I, you know, I personally know um, of people who have been permanently harmed by mm -hmm. smoking something they bought on the street mm -hmm. and uh, was laced. And I just feel like we need to um, have good, high quality tested products available. Mm -hmm. Well, you market. walked into my next question. What's the illicit market like in New Mexico? Is there an embracing of REC? Because I think it's different by market. You yeah. Know? I think there is an embracing of REC in New Mexico. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, I personally have not had any encounters with the illicit market in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, I may be a little bit too much of a Girl Scout. I don't, you know, I, I don't it's know. It's your business no, no. also. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have some really good quality producers in mm -hmm. the, uh, in the, so New Mexico has been medical since 2008. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we have a nice established medical industry to you know complement and support the growth of the rec industry. Mm -hmm. I, I think we've done that pretty smartly. Mm -hmm. So obviously, there's a lot of different size companies that could use you, which is awesome. That's why you said you're here and you're spending money here. How about the biggest companies, like the biggest MSOs? Are they trying to do that in house? The key word is trying, but are they doing that? Uh, so some of them are trying to do it in-house. Some of them, many of them, have in-house teams. Um, some of those uh, companies have come to us after not, you know, getting the results that they were looking for. Um, you know, we have a, for example, we have a, a great license agreement with Columbia Care. You know, they're in 20 states and abroad, and um, you know, now they're moving into the Cresco um, world. Mm -hmm. So I think that the large um, MSOs or the national emerging national brands can be well served by our team because we really enable 
consistency in a product in any jurisdction. Mm -hmm. And that's the one of the biggest challenges to scaling, right? Is how do you make sure that your product is the same wherever yeah. you go? And that's the cornerstone of what we bring. So in dosing and sensorial effect and fast onset. So, so given that that's so relevant, how do you ensure the quality of that distillate or whatever raw product in each market? So, or how do they? I suppose. Yeah, I mean that's really our partners' part in the you know the partnership equation. Um, but if you uh, you know garbage in, garbage out, right? If you right, have yeah. you know crappy. Um, but that's just the reality right? in some of these markets, right? I have not had any bad products that used our okay. our, our formulations. That's to a be good honest PC with answer. you, I like that. well, you know, part of it is if you are interested in a real quality product, you're going to be very discerning about all of its components, mm -hmm. and we really want people to be very discerning about us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had, um, you know. Wanna Brands has said this publicly, they tried about two dozen different fast acting approaches mm -hmm. and chose us, mm -hmm. right? That's, I just ask our customers, like what works for you, right? Um, that's the validation I look for. That's classic entrepreneurship, yeah. right? Actually ask questions and listen. It's kind of a novel thing in this industry, I think. Yeah. How can we be better? What, what problems are you having? How can we support you? How can we solve them? Mm -hmm. um, and then we also, you know, provide a lot of wraparound brand support. We do bud tender training on if you make a gummy with our um, our infusions, uh, we'll train your bud tenders mm -hmm. on what's different. How can you talk about this to customers? Um, it's really fun. Like I go up, uh, you know, Colorado. I live close to Colorado, and I go around to dispensaries and just secret shopper. I don't tell them, you know, and ask them like, what do you like? And they're like, oh, those wanna quick gummies are like the best product on the shelf. And I'm like. Wow, that's like, a good feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Bud tenders don't bullshit you either. Yeah, yeah. They like tell you what's up. Yeah, so that's been a lot of fun to sort of walk around, especially now that things are opened back up and just listen, you know, listen to people on the ground. Like, mm -hmm. what are you looking for? What are you enjoying? Um, so. Uh, um, so we're at the second, end of the second day of NJ Impact. You don't have to tell me how much you spent, but obviously you spent a nice amount of money to be here and to be featured. Was it worth it? 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Um, this is a very high quality event. I think that the team at NJ Unpacked has really curated um, an audience where the, the quality of the interactions are um, very high. Very focused. Very, very focused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I would absolutely do it again. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the goal for you being here, aside from yeah. brand exposure, like are you signing contracts on the floor? Like you got new partners here. Like what? What's success here? So success for us is for and particularly for emerging producers and brands on the East Coast to understand our solution set and how we can really help them make their edibles the very best they can be. Mm -hmm. um, I also want people to meet the team. I mean, they're those people up there in the booth are like who wouldn't want to work with them? Mm -hmm. They're amazing. Um, and so, yeah, we've identified a handful of really nice new potential brand partners here. Um, and again, you know, coming back to New York uh, at this time in the market, at this time in the industry, very serendipitous the for you in particular. Like, it's yeah, interesting. it's great. It's great. It's great to for be me, back I'm just York. like, well, this is a new market. I need to come yeah. check it out. Yeah, you know. You know, I would like New York to go faster. Honestly, I see so much potential in this market, and. 
Like, you know, if little, uh, little old New Mexico can go faster than New York, I mean, come on. We're just, mm -hmm. I like to tease my New York friends about that. Oh, but that's the, that's the thing. Like, Arizona turned over in like 10 days or something, right. you know? Yep. It's these big, forgive me, liberal governments that just like take forever on yeah. everything. California fucked it all up. I hope New York does a better job. I, I hope so too. And I, you know, I, we definitely, you know, we have some partners in California and I, the regulatory environment, as you know, has made it really, really, really hard. difficult. Um, I think that that will have to change, right? Other, otherwise, uh, the industry won't thrive there. Mm -hmm. Let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah. I want to talk about you as sort of the executive behind the company. You had a very successful VC technology career, obviously a very sharp person. You could do anything you want. Why are you doing this? You know, um, I, I, I left the tech world. Uh, I was a venture capitalist uh, doing startup companies. I love startups. Just love the chaos, love the, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a little ADD. Uh, so I love the doing a lot of different things every single day and never the same thing twice, two days in a row. Um, but I really was done with tech. I, I didn't just like, was tired of the tech ecosystem. So I wanted to stay in startups and was uh, kind of opening myself into something in the wellness sector. So I thought about raising a fund to do wellness investing. I think that's a really important um, segment. We never thought about cannabis, uh, but I was introduced to Ron, our founder and chief creative officer, chef here at Bubby's in New York. Um, and he you know, asked me to sample his formulations and said I need a CEO. And uh, after I said no twice, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just go do this uh, New York thing. So um, fast forward, it's really one of the best uh, business decisions I've ever made. Ron is amazing. Um, and we are just, you know, we're very different. It's sort of like sometimes I call it the odd couple of cannabis, you know, the cannabis chef in New York City and, you know, the Girl Scout from New Mexico, but it mm -hmm. uh, works really well. Um, and what's exciting to me about cannabis is the wellness aspect and um, obviously all the medical applications. Uh, I personally um, love the research that's being done on cannabis as an alternative to opioid use and as a step down mm -hmm. for opioid mm -hmm. abuse. Uh, that's one of the things that gets me out of bed every morning. Um, I personally have had, you know, two people close to me and my family who have died of accidental opioid overdoses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That should never happen. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't need to happen mm -hmm. ever again. So I think that's really, really important um, on the medical side, and obviously, you know, the solutions for cancer patients and you know pain management that we you know all are aware of mm -hmm. um, and then on the adult use side uh, you know again I think that future generations will not be so inclined to poison their bodies with alcohol mm -hmm. you know this awareness that I didn't have as a teenager that ethanol is actually a poison to the human body mm -hmm. and cannabis is actually a plant that is a wellness plant mm -hmm. so I think this is the perfect place to be right now um, in this industry to sort of address those um, those needs in society, right? This is a good thing. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you talked about the team. How big's the team now? So we're about a dozen people. Okay. Yeah. What do you think it's like to work for you? Oh, dear Lord. What uh, would they say? 
Take your time. You can think about it. That is a really interesting question. <laughs> I think they would say that I'm pretty sharp and um, that I, I, I walk the talk. Uh, we talk a lot in our culture, like culture is everything. Um, so our, one of our core values is helpfulness, mm -hmm. which means being helpful to our customers, our partners, but also to each other. Mm -hmm. um, I really, you know, I've, I've been in every asshole environment on the planet. I was in tech forever. I was, you know, often the only woman in a boardroom mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, a very long time. Um, I've seen all the bad behaviors, mm -hmm. and, but bullying in business and pounding fists and screaming at people. Uh, I just don't, I don't, none of that, you know, mm -hmm. not, not in my company. Um, so we also have a real strong commitment to kindness. I think you can have a culture of care and respect and kindness and have knock it out of the park business results. Mm -hmm. It is possible. It is sure. absolutely possible. Uh, and we're absolutely doing that. So um, that is what's most exciting to me is to see kind of the love on this team. I mean, mm -hmm. that, I mean, they actually want to hang out together uh, after work, right? You know, they, there's a real bond, I think, amongst the, the team. And, you know, uh, I said on the panel yesterday, we have, like, the no asshole rule, right? We don't do business with people we don't want to have dinner with, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Life is, life is too short. Um, and we really want to work with great people, with great brands. Um, do you like managing people? Because I hate it. I've done it before, and I've, I've refused now, basically. You know, I, I, I like collaborating with people. Okay. So I think my management style is, you know, how do we make each other successful? I'm a very, uh, I would say I'm, I'm not a hierarchical person mm -hmm. in my style, mm -hmm. um, but I also, you know, expect you to get your shit done, mm -hmm. right? And if you need help, like, how do, we, how do I help you be successful in your role? That's mm -hmm. my management style. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say I don't like the word managing people. I like the I like to think of it as, yeah, I like collaborating with people to do great work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. What's the best book someone ever recommended for you? Um, so business book, my very favorite is Great by Choice okay. by Jim Collins. Uh, it is the perfect book for entrepreneurs in this industry. It's all about how do you thrive in chaos. There is nothing more chaotic than cannabis. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a great book, great by choice, Jim Collins. You enjoy the chaos, though. I can kind of see that. I get bored. Smirk I, I get bored very easily. Like me yeah, too. Yeah. Me too. So Absolutely. I love the pace. Um, this is also like it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also the best thing I've ever done because it uses every every drop of creative energy that I have about how to create a solution set that is an effective, you know, profitable growing business in this ecosystem of chaos, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Rapid change. So it's really fun, you know? So There's this narrative in the cannabis industry that women and minorities have it better or easier than in other industries. Think there's any truth to that? No. Wow. Crazy. 
Hard no. Hard no. You want to very hard no. Unpack that at all? MJ, unpack it. <laughs> sure. I mean, I follow the money, right? Um, so I came out of the tech world where, you know, ninety-seven percent of the venture dollars in tech went to male founders and entrepreneurs. Uh, Ninety-eight percent of the people making those investment decisions were. Uh, we're male venture capitalists, right? Placing the capital. So when I first started in cannabis, uh, I was actually asked this question by Forbes, like, is this going to be the industry that you know women are now, you know, dominant? And I said, follow. I said at that time, follow the money. Like even that this was 2018, 2019, the people making the capital allocation decisions are placing those big bets on you know, the same old demographic. Mm -hmm. And I walked into um, MJ BizCon in 2019, and I felt like I was at an old tech conference. A lot of suits. A lot of suits. A lot of middle-aged like, white dudes. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, my, I think you have to follow the money. I think there are some very interesting social equity initiatives coming about at a policy level, and I think that's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the way, for example, New York has at least preliminary scripted the social consumption licenses where no party can have more than three. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things can really um, seed a flatter industry that's yep. not controlled by you know big cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, so I love some of those initiatives, but I always go back to if you can't capitalize your business, you can't succeed. And this is a very expensive business to be in. The way that it was explained to me recently was like, everybody says, you come from venture capital. Mm -hmm. Start by raising from friends and family. Right. Well, that's a luxury. Exactly. I'm lucky enough that I had friends and family. Right. I can raise money from all the time. Right. But, you, like, you can't just do that. Right. <laughs> you know? And so it's a really interesting, like, first step for any right. startup. Right. And if you think about, um, you know, the compliant, even the most basic compliance requirements for, you know, a micro license, which are, you know, popping up. Um, just the software and the, you know, the person, you know, t that has to manage that software to be compliant in your state and the security cameras, right? This stuff just, you know, adds up and it's, you know, 5,000 here and 5,000 there. Yep. But if you're a startup social equity entrepreneur without a funding source, um, very difficult, very difficult. And, you know, I also, you know, I worry about people coming into this industry and, you know, putting their family's life savings into you know, a cannabis mm -hmm. venture without, you know, yeah. experience or, you know, backing to see it through because there's going to be, like like every bubble, right? There's, you know, mm -hmm. the cannabis bubble. Yeah. We have two thousands of brands right now out there. You know, most of those brands aren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. Most of the companies that have been on this show, you're like episode 208 or something like mm -hmm. that, like, are not here anymore. Really? Not interesting. I mean, I started in 2015, but yeah. still, they're they're gone. It's not surprising. Right, um, you know, same thing in the CBD world a couple of years it's ago. Even worse. Yeah, oh even worse. Yeah. Right, you know, because we, you know, launched a dual dual mm -hmm. strategy, um, in part to hedge the uncertainty in both markets. Mm -hmm. Right, and mm -hmm. our THC licensing business has taken off. Our CBD, you know, products are still. Yeah. You know. Interesting. They're wonderful for sampling. Yeah. yeah but w we really don't. Um, right. Invest a lot in in marketing that product line because. Yeah, that no, market's kind of a you know crazy place right now. So clearly, you're a student of the industry. Give me a high level, like how are we doing? Give the industry a grade. I, I wow. Um, 
that's so dependent on where you are in Yeah, but it's all your answer, right? So it's your perspective no matter what. <laughs> I'd, I'd give us a C. Okay. I'd give us a C. You want to elaborate on that at all? What's good? What's bad? So um, I, I, I give it a C because I, I feel like also, same thing happened like in, you know, the tech bubbles, right? A lot of capital gets dumped in and gets wasted. I hate it when investors' money is just... Me too. You know, uh, not Especially respected. Especially when it's mine. Not respected. <laughs> so I think there's been a ton of capital that has just been flushed down the toilet. Billboards don't work. Right. Sponsoring music festivals doesn't work. Like, yeah. Uh, well, and I think in this industry, people don't know what works. And right, so they yeah. just started throwing a lot of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars around. So I think that that has been a, a fail. There's been a lot of lack of thoughtfulness uh, with some of the big institutional players around kind of re responsible investment and growth. Um, so I think that, you know, I'd give that's part of the C grade. Um, I think that there's still a lot of, uh, pardon my French, shitty products out there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that in- Most of them. In, in, you know, yeah. I mean, most of them in a rush to you know rush to market um you know lack of kind of really thoughtful product validation um i think that's still a weak point in the industry so like me with my quality systems hat on it's like we you know that that's a straightforward problem to solve um so you know a lot of wasted capital some sloppiness around product quality and product launch standards mm -hmm. um and then back to, you know, where's the capital flowing? It's not flowing yet to, you know, diverse entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I'm probably an exception. Yeah. Um, in terms of being, you know, Latinx woman who raised capital in this industry. Yeah. Uh, but we also did it in a very capital efficient way. We didn't go raise $100 million, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd give it a C. Okay, agreed. I think agreed. I think that's a good place to start to wrap up. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, but, but you know, I think we'll let some people retake those tests so that they can raise their grade. Oh, um, it's never yeah, over. it's not over. It's never over. We're just in the yeah. first inning, if yeah. you like sports I, I, I think that's absolutely, that's exactly where I was going with that, is, yeah. is I see so much potential for... Okay, not a know, grade, maybe a progress yeah. report. Progress is that report, better? yes. Like we're kindergartners or something. No, everybody gets a medal. Right. Everybody gets a medal. Um, how can we help you? How can the audience help you? You know, uh, get in touch with us. If you have any interest in uh, having the best ingestible products on the planet, uh, we have solutions to help accelerate getting your brand uh, mm -hmm. to market mm -hmm. um, or a brand extension. If you already have a traditional um, product line on the shelves, then do a product line extension and add a fast-acting version of that and really enhance your, your brand's footprint. So you can help me by getting in touch and letting us help you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Kim. Yeah. It was great. Great. Appreciate it.